So if you all remember the beginning of our semester, we said that our theme, our major theme is honoring God with our body. How many remember that? Yeah. Yes? <clears throat> all right. So last last Thursday, who was here last Thursday for Daniel's message? Lion and hair curlers. I really like that. I actually really, really like that. I've been thinking a lot about it. Um, I think like the way I've been looking at it is the world is trying to tame you and putting you into, it's like a lion putting hair curlers, right? It's trying to change you into another image. Um, and really, the lion's supposed to be ferocious, have a presence, like Daniel is explaining. And so today I'm talking about man made in the image of God. So, I kind of want to just answer the question, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Right? It's kind of like a simple question, I think. Um, first, a little bit of what it's not. It's not just intelligence. Let's get it right. Uh, there's some of us here that are smarter than others, right? That's right. Uh, there's Jose knows. Jose knows. <laughs> Animals have a sense of intelligence. Right? I've seen, you know, birds can sing. I've seen a, a video of an elephant paint. You know, they taught an elephant how to paint with a paintbrush. Um, that doesn't mean, I mean, we have intelligence, but it's not primarily the fact that we're made in the image of God. Um, the, sim the simplicity of it is being human, right? The fact that we are made in this body, that God has created us in His image, makes us who we are, and we are moral agents. We have a a conscience, right, with knowledge, um, we ponder the things of the universe, right? We ponder, uh, we think of the afterlife, eternity. Um, I don't think a dog sit around and ponder what they're going to do with their life, right? Maybe Diggory, Ryan's dog, Diggory, ponders when he's going ponders when he's going to pee on the carpet, right? But we are created in God's image, and that's such an honor. So, and I also heard this as doing research, even if there was a superior race of aliens, right? Someone's like, you know, there's all those people that are like, what about aliens? Right? They're like, if, they're, if aliens are, are if, we, if there's aliens, then what, what about God and the Bible? That has nothing to do, even if we were to find aliens 100 million light years from Earth, right? It does not change our view of God, the Bible, who we are, because we're made in God's image. And he came, he became a man. He died as a man and he resurrected him again. Right? So today we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Uh, I have it right here. So we're going to go ahead and read. I'm going to start today. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, we love you, God. We're thankful for it. We're so privileged and honored to be made in your image, God. We want to know what it means to be, to bear your image. We want to know what it means to fulfill this great honor. And, and Lord, I just ask you that you would speak and not me, Father. You have so much to say, God. So much you want to pour out, Lord. We are your people, Father. Let us hear your voice, God. 
Thank you, Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. So nothing was to have dominion over men, right? Nothing was to have dominion over men. Man was supposed to rule, and not like in the way we see it now. We're so corrupt, we think rule is like, this is mine, and you can't have my stuff. It was supposed to be that everyone together, there was no such thing as my land, your land. This was, uh, God was saying, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue it, have dominion. In, in, a, in, a, in a way that's filled with love and honor. <laughs> and and, uh, and it, it was supposed to be glorious. But you, you, I think 90% of us know the story of how man failed, right? How man failed and look at us now, right? We're not, we're not all glorious now, all right? Look at me, look at all this hair I have. <laughs> you know, I, I think God had a better uh, thing for me I think uh, I wasn't supposed to lose it, but you know what? We're, we're in a decaying body, guys, and this is the reality. So we're, just as a, uh, we are to be uh, imagers, right? We're to be imagers of God. That's what it means to be made in the image of God. We're little imagers. Uh, it's a very simple way of saying it. Uh, God said, you shall, not have, you shall not make any graven images of anything of, of the birds of the air, anything beneath the earth, or anything of the earth, you should only serve me. And it's because God already made images. We are made in his image, right? Uh, and like an ambassador, right? An ambassador of America going to, a, uh, to another company, uh, another, another um, country. He represents, and so uh, that's that, that place. Uh, and so we were supposed to be as ambassadors of God on earth, having dominion and subduing the world. So raise your hand if you've ever looked in the mirror and just thought, oh my gosh, that's me. Raise your hand. Anyway. All right. I'm not raise my hand. Raise your hand if you ever looked in the mirror and just thought, oh my gosh, I'm lucky to be me. Look at this message. Look at what it all said, Handsome. Our feelings and our appearances, right? The way we look at ourselves affect us daily, right? Some days we can be like, I got it. And some days you look in the mirror and just like, there's depression. Depression is real, right? There's, or you just wake up and your hair is all messed up or something. You just, all those things mess with us, but the way God views us never changes. The fact that even the most corrupt men can bear his image and stuff, it can be a potential light bearer, that's the image that God wants us to be. That's what I want us to go into today. So recently, my son Adam, I think in, within the month, he's been learning chess and, oh there he is. Hey, Adam! He was excited. So recently, Ad has been learning chess at school, and uh, he wanted, I started wanting to learn chess because my son's learning chess, right? And, you know, I'm not good. Ask Isaac. I've already lost like seven times to Isaac. <laughs> I beat Marshall once, though. And uh, so I'm learning. But the other day, I was dropping off Adam, and he was just telling me how he sees chess as a, as a game of war. He's like, because there's a king there, because there's a queen. And it made me realize, it made me really think, because I've been thinking about, okay, I'm preaching on Thursday. And it made me think that 
when you attack a pawn, you're not just primarily attacking a pawn. If anyone's ever played chess, right? It's the little pieces. Um, you're attacking the king, right? That's the object of the game, is to checkmate the king, is to get the king. Um, so attacking a pawn is, is not just primarily that. It's always attacking the king. And that's why when Satan attacked man in the garden, when he went up to Eve and he said, you know, he tricked them, it wasn't just for man to fall. It was primarily, it was his way of attacking God himself, right? And so that's why the Bible, if you read the Bible as a whole, as you start to begin to read it, you know, it's littered with loving God is equivalent to loving man. That's why the greatest, the great commandment is that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. In this you complete everything this stands for. Um, and this has to do, and so when we look at that, when we look at how we treat each other, right? How spouses treat, how I treat my wife is how I treat the Father. It's how I treat God. And how she treats me is how she treats God, right? It's a representation, right? That's why the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up. And then it says, wives, submit to your husband as, the, as you submit yourself to Christ. There's this, there's this, um, uh, it's, it's just a complete puzzle. It's like the puzzle fits perfectly when there's love and there's communication. Because love and communication have been from the beginning, right? We see that God said, let us make man in our image. There's joy, right? When he made the earth, he said it was very good. When he was creating things, he was creating with joy. He said, let us do this thing. Let's make man in our image. And that's how, that's why how we treat one another is how we treat God. We bear his image. That's when you really get to see, that's why sin is exceedingly sinful. Because what we do to ourselves, what we do to others, how we treat others, is always toward God. It's never toward ourselves. I've heard people say, like, what does it matter if I if I harm myself or if I if I commit suicide? Um, that's a big topic, right? But it's, it's, it's God created us. He has a right over our lives, right? So are we being agents of Satan or living up to this, or are we bearing the image of Christ? That's, that's, a, that's a big question that I started thinking about it because we're not primarily just because we mistreat someone, we're like, oh yeah, I'm being an agent of Satan. No, we're not. We don't think that way, you know. Or um, because we treat someone well, we're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm living up to the standard of God. But we get so uh, wrapped up and I need to get back at this person or, or this and that. Um, we really want to watch out for that. So I want that, that question needs to stay on us. Are we doing, are we being an agent of sin or are we living up to God's standard? So if we're going to learn anything about being an image bearer of God, then it makes sense to look at Jesus, right? So John 1, I'm going to put it up here. Uh, John 1, 1 through 14 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. I really like that scripture. It says, in Him was life. He is the source of life. And the life was the light of men that we would bear his image. 
The light shines in darkness, and darkness does not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to bear witness about that light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. I like to look at this as, as me, right? I am not the light, but I can come to bear witness to the light. That's us, that's you and I together, right? The true light which comes, which gives light to everyone was coming to the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we've seen his glory, the glory of God's only Son. We, like the moon, do not have, uh, the moon does not have its own light. It, the only reason we see it shine is because it bears the light of the sun. And I really like that example because there's a Psalm 34, it says, those who, they looked at him and were radiant and their faces were not put to shame. It's when we look to Christ, when we focus our attention to Christ, his light shines through us and that's how the world sees him. We are to represent him. And that is our great call, right? That we would represent him to the world. Ambassadors of Christ, right? So, as I was, I'm just going to walk you guys through this process, right? As I was trying to prepare for, to, for today, I really, I'm like, there's so many sub-subjects under the image of God. I'm like, well, you can make it a holiness, or you can make it purity, or you can do authority. Remember me in the image of God, we so authority. And I was just been praying I feel like God led me to look at this, and I really want to go through this, is that Jesus, fully God, fully man, um, in Matthew chapter 4, we're going to be going through this, it's going to be like the meat of everything today, um, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is in the wilderness, and he's led by the, so backtrack, Jesus comes to John, John, right, and John says, this is the Lamb of God. Right, who comes to take away the sins of the world. He gets baptized, the Holy Spirit rests on Jesus, and what happens now? Um, the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And I'm just like, okay, that's pretty intense, right? You wanna like get saved and you're like, oh, now the Lord's gonna lead me through temptation so I can be tempted by the devil? Like, um, you know, it's not for, it's not, I don't think that happens to everyone right in the beginning. There's something called, like, I've heard it in churches, I've heard people say, like, there's a honeymoon period, you give your life to Jesus. It's just like, oh, yes, thank you, God. You're just reading your Bible, everything's good. But the Spirit of God leads us all into this wilderness so that we can be tempted, but not, um, so that we can be tried. I want to say tried. To be tried. And it was here that, um, I feel like God was just telling me we need to go through this. Um, if we're going to learn what it means to bear God's image, we're going we're gonna to see the perfect one, which Jesus did, right? And so it was here, he, uh, I have it right here, that he, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, right? Um, this is, can you imagine, if, has anyone ever fasted before? Anyone ever fasted before? Okay, I've, I've, I've done, the most I've ever done was a three-day fast. 
And I remember waking up at four in the morning smelling eggs being cooked. There was no eggs being cooked. <laughs> there was no eggs being cooked. But I quickly got up and I was like, God, I know you've brought me through this three days of, of fasting. And I thank you for letting it be complete. And I, at four in the morning, I cracked open some eggs and I cooked myself some breakfast. <laughs> uh, so when I think of this, uh, that when, when Jesus is in his hungry state, 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, no food, in the wilderness, no protection. Um, it says, here is when the tempter came. Here is when the devil comes to lay his first attack. And so we're going to go through them, right? Uh, the first attack is, if you be the son of God, command these stones be made into your head. Now, I'm just going to run you through my own notes. I feel here he, that he comes to attack his identity. If you are the son of God, right? Putting, instilling doubt, right? And I, this is why I feel like the Lord wants to speak this to us. Because I feel like we have that. When we're going through things and uh, we hear that voice in it is, if you're really a Christian, right? I've heard, I've heard some, some guys say, like, even their own uh, families, I've experienced this from my own family. If you were a Christian, you wouldn't do that. If you wouldn't speak that way. If you wouldn't do that. And it comes, it comes to this point where you're walking with God. And then there's this if you are. And um, I, I just realized that Satan, the way he's doing it here, is the way he does it with us. If you be the Son of God, command these stones to be made to bread. And Jesus' response is, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of now I feel like right here he's trying to say um, to depend more on the physical and not the spiritual. That he's saying all you need to do is eat bread, right? All you need to do is eat it. And, and Jesus' response is, what God has to say about that, what God has to say about you is important because it proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so how man truly thrives and bears the image of God is both in the physical, right? And obviously we need. Right? Obviously, we need to have a healthy body, um, but it's also with the spiritual. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If we were made by his word, we must, uh, we must live by his word, right? Right? Yeah. It said that all things were made by him. He is the word of God, made flesh. He made us. So number two, then the devil took him up to the holy city and sat him on a pinnacle of the temple, right? Here we see a religious place, right? The holy city, the temple, the place where God resides, and the top of it, the pinnacle. And he's like bringing Jesus to this point. And again, he's attacking his, his identity. If you are the son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written. He's giving him a Bible study. He shall give his angels charge over you concerning you, and in their hands they will bear you up as you dash your foot against a stone. So here, here Satan is tempting Jesus in a hyper-spiritual way. Neglect the flesh, neglect everything else. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. The Bible, if you really believe what you believe, then just do it, right? He said, if you, you can't drop, you can fall from this foot. Doesn't it say in the Bible, doesn't it say in the word 
that he will command his angels concerning you, right? And so here we see the devil tempt man to give up on the physical and not the spiritual. And Jesus' response is, it is written again, man should not tempt the Lord your God, our God. So we do not put God to the test. Uh, my, my old pastor was uh, very funny uh, in the fact that he was very truthful and blunt. And I remember he would call out people uh, because, you know, people, they just eat however they want to eat. And he was like, guys, y'all are asking me to pray over you for health reasons, because, but you're eating tortillas every single day. <laughs> we're going to Wing Garden and we're praying, Lord, Thank you for this food. Thank you for this food, God. Uh, make it nourishable to our bodies. Turn this fatty chicken into lean chicken. And turn these fries into celery sticks magically when they enter our bodies, God. Right? We pray that because it's kind of like culturally, like, it's a culture prayer I've heard all my life. Um, and I think that's just a funny part, but we don't put God to the test. We are a steward of what God has given us. Yeah. What God has given us, we need to take care of, right? Yeah. And uh, we hyper-spiritualize, and we say we don't need anything to do with, the, with, the, with our physical bodies. Um, then we get, it's, it's, there's this side of the physical and this side of the spiritual, and Jesus is trying to merge it here. This is what I'm kind of getting from. And then the last one, then the devil took him to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, all these things will I give you if you would just bow down and worship me. Jesus' response was, get away from me, Satan, for it is written that you should worship the Lord your God and him only will we serve. If man was made, man was made to worship and serve God himself. Right? That is our calling. That we would worship and serve God alone. So guys, we bear God's image. And um, really this, this message, um, uh, what I've been praying for is that I, I think that this time of temptation, right, I, I see so many people, um, I feel like just being, being a Christian for her, past 10 years walking with Jesus, I've seen men of God who were on fire for, for the Lord, right? Who had this zeal to them, who said, we need to win souls. And, and now, I've just seen men just slip off the path, willingly, like get off, live a stupid, simple life, and, and, and leave everything they ever, their major convictions about who Jesus is, Oh, yeah, I've seen it with my own eyes. And uh, guys, I really want to um, impress. I feel like I really want to impress that through these trials, right? There's trials that come into our lives. These, and they feel like almost wilderness experiences, right? Like, uh, we feel like we're going, though we have a relationship with one another, we can be going through these trials of temptation within our own hearts and our own minds. And and then what happens is shame and guilt come in. Shame and guilt come in and they condemn us and they keep us silent. They don't let us speak to one another, right? That's why we have a small group. That's, why, that's the beauty of this is, is that we would speak to one another, have a relationship and say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. And, and, and instead, what happens 
is we keep it to ourselves and we let the, and then we let that voice in. If you really were a son of God, if you really were a child of God, you wouldn't be doing this. Look at your not, you're not. And then they fall off. And they and then that leads to well, then I'm gonna justify my sin. God knows I'm a sinner. God loves me. And you make choices that lead away from him. So I, I want to really encourage us on that, guys, is that we would know, um, we would know that shame and guilt are, are, are tools that, that Satan uses. He's a real foe, right? Like, I'm not, like, trying to make it all about the devil, right? We don't want to give the devil right, that foothold, but really know is if he can, if he can come and tempt the Son of God, he's very much able to tempt us, correct? He's able to do that. Um, and he knows how to do it well. He knows how to do it well. So, how is how are people going to see us bear his image? How are people going to see that we bear the image of God? We say it all the time here. We, we preach this, I think, in every single one of our messages. Love and honor. Right? We love and honor one another. Yeah. Right? It's the way we treat one another. As we saw how... When Satan uh, came to attack man, he was attacking God himself. Yeah. It's never just about you. It's always deliberately against the king. Right? So when we love one another, when we honor one another, that's how the world will see us. Uh, that we bear his image. Um, in Philippians, I've got it right here in my Bible. Philippians... Like the world, 
know what I mean? And so we want, um, what does it come down to? I, I was reading some wiki Pratty, and I got this quote, and we're going to call it the end Because I want to give us time for, for the altar time. So, because, so this is what we practice. Because God is a creator, and he is able to originate that which has never been seen. So man, made in his image, is also able to originate choices from which he must be held responsible. So the, this leaves us with one awesome conclusion, that everything we do is important. Choices are creations that can never be recalled. Sin and righteousness are real and heaven and hell are real. Man is not a nothing, whether he is a sinner or a saint. Man is himself an originator and a creator, and the choices he makes will affect both the universe and the future. Our choices affect eternity. Yeah. Our choices affect eternity. Um, and that's what we're, and that's what I really want to hit on, is that our choices affect eternity. What we do, how we honor one another now, how we love one another now, affect eternity. And if we're to bear the image of God, then we ought, we ought to put away any grumbling, complaining. We ought to put away this, um, this dishonor, and we ought to love one another, right? Just as Christ has loved us. So guys, this is a high calling. We are made to be to bear His image. So I'm going to go ahead and call the band up. Really, I wanted this is uh, I feel like this was a quick message, but I want I want this to be in your mind that Jesus, He was in the wilderness being tempted. He was He was I feel like. At his weakest point, one of his weakest points. 40 days, 40 nights, no food. And he showed us. And I feel like if we really grab it, if, if you don't know any scripture to memorize, you don't have any scripture to memorize, this is a this is the scripture you're gonna memorize today, right? Ready? Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yeah. That has I feel like that has so much. Because, because when we want to, when we're looking at the way we, we work in, our, in, in this world, when we're looking at the way, we're looking at everything we can accumulate, or every, um, and Jesus is saying that it is, it is by every word that proceeds on our God. That's how he was able to defeat these temptations, because he always said, it is written, it is written, it is written. So if we take anything from today, that our choices will affect eternity and we have the choice to make we have a choice to make today we have a choice to make now altar time so there's a lot of new people here right altar time um, I'm going to go quickly in the old testament there was an altar where they would sacrifice bulls and lambs and all these things on it and it was a pleasing aroma to God today we don't have that ask you to sacrifice any animals. Altar time is the time where we come and empty out our heart before the Lord. It's a time that we have the ability to make a choice. Right? You can do this at home. You can make your altar at home. You can make it in your car. You can make it wherever you're at. But we have a choice to make that can affect eternity. Um, our choices are infinitely important. If we're going to bear this image, we must.
us do everything possible now to not um, to not mess around. Right? We don't want to tempt. I thought Jesus said, "You shall not tempt the Lord your God." And how He also said, um, "It is written that you shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only will you serve." These these three ways that Jesus was tempted and His responses. It says the Bible says that he was tempted in all ways we were, yet without sin. And the reason why is so that we can never look to Jesus and say, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. You are the perfect man. I'm not. You don't understand. The Bible says that he, a, a faithful high priest, is picked up man, appointed by God, because is able to sympathize with our weakness. And Jesus, a greater, a greater, he was a, he was the high, he is the high priest, the mediator of a new covenant, covenant. He understands. And so when we come, we make a choice, when we, when we say all the time, right? I heard this quote um, from Charles Spurgeon, and he says this, um, you are coming to a king, large petitions with you bring that is such a, I love that because when we come to the king, right, we don't need to come to the king. You don't come to the king with things that you can ask your neighbor for, right? Like, I'm not going to come to the king and ask him for a hundred dollars, right, and making a small. I'm going to come to the king because I need a drastic thing. I need a big thing, right? And so um, when, we're, when we're coming to this altar time, right, when we're asking you to make a choice, if, you, if you're not walking with me, one thing is if you, if you know, like, I don't have an assurance that I am saved, that I am walking with Jesus today. Let that be your thing that you bring, right? Or maybe you're struggling with a certain temptation, or whether you're, or maybe you're attempting or testing God, or maybe you just, or maybe everything, all the glory of the world is attractive to you more than the things of God, right? Or maybe you're just not hungry for God's word, right? Jesus said, it is not good for man to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hunger is that thing that says we're, we're healthy, right? We're all hungry. We're going to go eat after this. It's because we're healthy, right? My grandfather, on his last days, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sign of death when you're not hungry. And that's how we know that's the last days. And when you're not, but when you're not hungry for God's word, there's something spiritually wrong. So that's that's you today. If you're just like God, I can't. I'm not, I'm not hungry for your word. Then make that your thing that you bring, right? But bring something to God. There's a large petition that you can bring. Bring that. Bring that. You can come. We can get into small groups. We can give one another. But I want you to teach, challenge you to make to just get up on your seat. Find a spot in the back, in the front, in the side, and just bow yourself, right? Bow yourself before God and say, Lord, this is what I need. If you're a king, then I need this. I'm petitioning this. And if you're saying, I don't need anything, guys, I'm telling you, there's something you need. There's something. Don't let your eyes be blinded by the fact that he is willing and able to heal us. So let's go ahead and we're time to surrender. If you haven't surrendered your life to the Lord, do it today. Jesus said, all who come to me will 
will not be put to shame. That's right. Will not be put to shame. If anyone comes up to me, I will not kick them out. Jesus said, I am the door. If you would come to me, you will find you will find pastor. Uh, he says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I will come to give you life and a life of abundance. It's a life of abundance. If you think that your life without Christ right now is a life of abundance, you're being lied to. And the devil has you on this little hook right here. He has you on this hook. But we were made in the image and likeness of God. And we should worship the Lord and serve Him only. So, everyone has something. You can bring it with your small groups. You can bring it by yourself. It doesn't matter. Just do yourself a favor and come before God. And then just be real with Him. That's what he wants, is for us to be real, stop pretending, surrender, and you'll see how you will not be put to shame. Okay? All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to go ahead and just come up. Jesus, we want to know you. We want to know you. God, I want to know you, Father. I want to be right in your eyes, God. I don't want sin to be over me, God. You told me that I was to have dominion over all things, God. You made us to subdue the earth, to replenish the earth, God. You made us to represent you to this world, Jesus. That we are to go just like from the beginning. It is the same gospel message from the beginning that they should have dominion over the earth to replenish, to re reproduce, to reproduce, God, and to subdue and to have dominion over all things, God. That I pray that sin would not have dominion over us, Jesus. I pray that, uh, that we would be able to uh, be hungry for your word, God. Be hungry to reproduce as in win souls for you, Jesus. As in fighting for you, making disciples, Jesus. And I pray that nothing pulls us down, Lord God. If anyone's here is going through shame and guilt within their own heart, God, you are the only one that can reach within and clean them, God. I challenge us all here today, I challenge us, Lord, that, that as we step out in faith and we say, God, this is what I need from you, that you would deliver us, you would set us free, and that you would show us the path.